Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. everyone and welcome back to the heat wave 32 teams in 32 days we are breaking down every single fantasy relevant player on the team on each team today we are focusing on the dallas cowboys and ending out the nfc east i'm your host the fantasy plug tim petropolis eic at brotofantasy.com and the fantasy football by broto app i am joined by the dynasty don himself the fantasy encyclopedia and lead writer at broto mr matt ward and our special guest today, <laughs> finishing out the NFC East, uh, it is the one, the only, the true, true value king, and uh, my brother, the director of operations at Brodo, Jason Petropolis. What's up, fellas? What's up? Good to be back. <laughs> um, if you are watching this right now, thank you very much for supporting the show. And speaking of the show, you can find it on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, along with every single stat and every single thing you need to become your own expert and dominate fantasy football. Every single stat you hear us use today can be found on the app where there are fantasy player cards, which is basically a fantasy player profile where it gives you their athleticism scores, and then in the back of the card, it gives you every single stat you need for their projections. Fantasy player grades, usage charts, by the way, fantasy player <laughs> grades, Broto exclusive, start sit tool, who to draft tool, player comps, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, podcasts, articles, rankings, waivers, and the most important stuff, advanced stats, every stat you need, including proven exclusive Broto stats that have given us the edge over the years, true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup rankings. This app is free because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. A big thank you. We love you guys so much, for real. Join now to support the show, the app, and join the best community in the world. For as little as $3 a month, you get extras like an extra waiver wire show every week, access to Broto Leagues, proven DFS cash game optimizers, access to cheat sheets, private team consultations, and access to the greatest community in the world. Not just the fantasy world, but the actual entire universe. That's right. The entire universe. We're better than aliens over at the Discord for Broto. Today, we are jumping into the Cowboys. Let's run it back again for year three, Mike McCarthy. Let's run it back again with year four, Kellen Moore, uh, one of the rare combinations where the OC has been there longer than the head coach. Um, last year, they led the league in points per game. Best scoring offense in the league. Just above league average for pass-run ratio, so a little bit more pass-heavy, but not that much. And their O-line ranking is sixth, which is great for PFF coming into the season. Excuse me. It's sixth, which is great, but it's a it's back, right? So they lost They lost some guys on the offensive line. So one of those guys they lost is Lyle Collins, left tackle, um, who has been a steady force for the Cowboys. Now, they do have a kid taking his place that played well last year uh, in Lyle Collins' stead that they have, a lot of, um, they have a lot of trust in, and they also did some drafting. Uh, they also lost wide receiver Amari Cooper, which one of the more questionable trades of the year because they traded him early, got back only like a fifth-round pick, and then wide receivers started getting huge hauls. And the Cowboys really haven't done anything with that cap space. I feel like that cap space was originally for Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory kind of uh, told them to go fuck themselves and went to the Broncos after they, Facts. you know, so, uh, you know, they haven't done anything with that cap space yet. So now they're down a, a major wide receiver and nothing really to show for it. Also, they've lost Cedric Wilson, Blake Jarwin, wide receiver and tight end respectively, left guard Connor Williams and running back Corey Clement. 
they added James Washington, uh, a, a wide receiver with some talent out of Pittsburgh. And then finally, their rookies. Uh, in the first round, they took Tyler Smith, a tackle. Wide receiver Jalen Tolbert, one of the more interesting fantasy rookies in the third round. And tight end Jake Ferguson. Let's start at the quarterback position. Dackity dack dack the dack dack dack. He's back. Um, the Dak attack, baby. Um, uh, you know, streets, Dak back. is one of the more consistent quarterbacks over the past few years. When he's healthy, he's a top ten fantasy quarterback. Um, he's in an offense where you don't you don't expect that to change much. Uh, so, Jason, how are we feeling about Mr. Dak Prescott? Yes, sir. I feel like Dak Prescott has become boringly above average for a lot of people. Like he's just penciled in as the quarterback five, six, seven, and people just move on. It's like, yep, he's going to finish there. Call it a day. And you people doing that aren't wrong. That's who Dak Prescott is. He's going to finish as a top eight quarterback. (laughs) He's been a top eight quarterback the last three years. His ADP right now is quarterback seven. He's had eight or more QB one finishes in four out of his six seasons. So he's super consistent. Uh, so when you're getting Dak Prescott, you're getting a good player, man. Um, and he's always a pretty decent value at his ADP. The only – there's two concerns to Dak Prescott. One, he hasn't really run the ball over the last two years. Uh, in 2019, he had 277 rushing yards, three touchdowns. 2020, that dropped to 93 rushing yards. He had three touchdowns, so it was overlooked a little bit that he didn't really run the ball anymore. But then last year, he had 146 yards and one touchdown. So you're not hitting 200 rushing yards. You're not hitting at least two rushing touchdowns. Like you're not really a rushing quarterback anymore. So you can't really count on that for points. So that's definitely a slight concern when you look at his game. But there's a chance he runs the ball more because like you said, Amari Cooper is out of the town now. Michael Gallup said he's not going to be ready for week one. Um, Rumor has it that Tony Pollard's working out of the slot early in camp. Uh, So it's definitely a few, a different look in that Cowboys offense, but Super consistent. They were the top scoring offense in the league last year. Put some respect on the guy's name. He's a good pick at his value. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Let's so let's go on to uh, one of the most interesting topics I think of the year. I saw something today that about it was really, it was Michael. Michael is all about Zeke at ADP. He said the fact that Zeke is going so late in ADP is a crime, and I agree. Like, he's going in the third round right now. You can get Zeke in the third round. Like, are you kidding me? This guy was the RB6 last year. Was he the greatest person ever? No, but he got hurt. He played like it, but he was still a very consistent running back that never really gave you a really bad game. Now, did he give you a a blow-up game like Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry did? No, he didn't. But he never gave you a real bad game. And Tony Pollard was involved in the offense like crazy last year. So if you're telling me that, like, you're scared that Tony Pollard – Pollard is going to take his work. I give you these two responses. Number one, Tony Pollard already took a bunch of work, and Zeke was still RB6. Number two, last year, Zeke was hurt. Uh, last year, Zeke was not himself in terms of poten- uh, uh, in terms of uh, efficiency, and Tony Pollard was a, a stat darling. Uh, we did the True Value Olympics, and Tony Pollard was uh, surprisingly one of the better statistical running backs last year. They still didn't go to him. It was still the Zeke show. So now that Zeke is healthy, why would you lean any less off Zeke? You're paying him all the money. I don't see any way besides injury that Zeke 
makes like gives this job away to Tony Pollard. I think a third round value is absolutely a steal. You're talking about a guy who's getting drafted like three spots ahead of Alvin Kamara and Alvin Kamara might miss six games. So that's what you're talking about here. So take eight, take him at ADP is my, is my spiel. Matt, do you agree? Do you disagree? How are you feeling about this? Yeah, take him at yeah, yeah. I, I agree with Mike. I agree with you. I, I think Zeke's a pretty good value um, this season, and I, I think the question between their backfield, it's essentially like, oh, I like passing efficiency a lot because it's a little stickier when it comes to running backs because rushing efficiency really isn't, and also doesn't really matter. Najee Harris is one of the most inefficient running backs in the history of somebody that had 300 carries. He's the only running back in the last decade that has finished with a negative rushing yard over expected and having over 300 carries. Efficiency doesn't matter if you're getting the touches and Zeke gets the touches, man. Like he's, I I think you nailed a storyline that was kind of even under the radar for me is that Zeke, they knew Zeke had a torn PCL. They knew it couldn't get any worse. They knew he could play through it. And they still decided to give him a three down workload and not reduce essentially any of his touches. Thanks. So like that, that is something that I kind of honestly overlooked a little bit. And yeah, I mean to concede to you, yeah, the, the true value Olympic series, we talked about like essentially all of the exclusive stats and graded guys out, like where they ranked one through five. Um, and Pollard was top five in almost everything. He's incredibly efficient but didn't get the volume. So like, it really just comes down to like, what do you want? You want volume or efficiency volume leads to RB one finishes and RB one points per game. And efficiency leads to a buy low and dynasty that you hope he gets <laughs> a lead role elsewhere. Like that's really what we're talking about here. It, it's Zeke's backfield. He is getting all of the money. And I think Jerry Jones is as the businessman that he is. Like, I don't like to do narrative based analysis, but the businessman that he is knows he's got all of that money invested in that horse. And he's going to drive that horse into the ground until it can't compete at the Derby anymore. Big facts. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're right about that. But what about Tony Pollard? I think Tony Pollard right now is the best handcuff in the game. He's the best handcuff in football, right? With some upside week, some weekly upside, you know, I think that there's a, a, a world where Tony Pollard, is an RB3 and Zeke's an RB1 at the same time. Uh, is it ideal? You're probably paying a little more for Tony Pollard at the moment. So I don't know if I'm going to have Tony Pollard on my team. But if you have Zeke, probably a good idea to handcuff him with, with Tony Pollard. Yeah, and I mean, there's a philosophy like, you know, you're your own handcuffs. You want to roster somebody else's handcuffs. But that's a handcuff that I'm very willing to roster. And I would suggest you're a Zeke manager, whether it be redraft on NPR, that you go and get Tony Pollard as well. Uh, yeah, top. Um, he was first overall in scrimmage yards over expected for anybody that had over 130 touches. So, like, even in Debo Samuel's crazy scrimmage yards over expected year, like, Tony Pollard was still better because he's just lightning in a bottle with every touch. So, his ceiling is big play explosivity, um, you know, big 100-yard games. Uh, we saw a couple last season. He did finish as an RB3 uh, flex level, which I would, you know, 11 point points per game. So, like, yeah, Paul is somebody that you should think about rostering even if you don't have Zeke and are just looking for a flex level running back. And then if Zeke were to go down, there would be no question who would now take 25 carries a game. He'd automatically get Here's my thing with Pollard, though. Yeah. 
Pollard, that motherfucker is expensive. Yeah, he's expensive. He's being drafted like he's going to be an RB2 or a flex spot every week. And that's probably not a good move, in my opinion. He probably he might be the best handcuff in the game, but wait a few rounds and we'll get Alexander Madison, the second best handcuff in the game. Like, I'm not I, spending I, premium capital on Tony Pollard. When was the last time you heard rumors that a running back was going to start playing this slot? And they actually did. Nah, it's been a while. Enough of this talk with the backup running backs playing slot every yeah. training camp because they put this guy out there in fucking on July 23rd said, hey, go run her out, Tony. Said, okay, coach. And now all of a sudden he's a slot receiver. Get the fuck out of here. Like Cordero Patterson became a running back before a running back became Cordero Patterson as a fucking slot receiver. So I'm just not buying that. I think, and I know that Michael agrees with me, so it helps me. Um, it helps me with my thought process. I'm I'm not drafting Tony Pollard at his ADP. I know my twin agrees with me. Um, <laughs> Listen, Michael is the best fantasy football player I know. So if he agrees with me, I'm. I feel better about that position. Let's go to the wide receivers. Talking about feeling good about a position. I think CD Lamb has wide receiver one overall potential. I think uh, I have no problem paying the price that he's going at ADP, second round ADP right now. Um, look, it's it's very simple. Amari Cooper's not there anymore, and neither is James Washington. So you've got CD Lamb, you've got a hurt Michael Gallup. And you've got a rookie in Jalen Tolbert, and you've got an unproven player in James Washington. You got a guy in Dak who's going to target him. Give me all the CeeDee Lamb. I want all of it. Like I want CeeDee Lamb in every single one of my leagues. Bar I don't want anyone else except CeeDee Lamb. <laughs> especially in startups. Especially in startups. I just I, I traded Jason a big hole for uh to get his turn to draft a huge hole. Uh, to draft the stack. <laughs> of Dak Prescott and CD Lamb. But I should tell you this, it is a six point per touchdown super flex league. And I already have Pat Mahomes. So I'm feeling really good about where I'm at right now. We're only in the second round of an unlimited time draft, which is absolutely. Yeah. And he doesn't have another pick until the murdering me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm ready ready for that. Matt loves. And then doesn't have a sixth, but I, but I have have first, but I have at all. In but, any I have, year. but I have three players on my team already, so what do I need to pick until the fourth round anyway? I already have three players on my team. I'm gonna have the I'm gonna have the same amount of players on my team as everyone after the fourth round. Um, with that being said, let's not talk about this draft. This this let's talk about the wide receivers. CeeDee Lamb, the rest of these guys. I think Jalen Tolbert's one of those guys where if he gets this shot to start opposite Lamb and he produces, he won't give that up. I don't think that the I don't think that the contract they gave Michael Gallup is going to affect that if Jalen Tolbert steps up. Now it's he's a third round rookie. He doesn't have the draft capital that says he's going to be a, a, a you know a really solid player from day one. But I know I love production CD. profile that says it. Okay. So talk talk to me, Matt. How do you feel about it? I mean I love I love C D too man and and all all jokes aside to, to your to your dynasty trade there is a bit of negativity that I think I need to present to the people. It's something that we've brought up on previous episodes. And and since he's not here today, I'll give a huge shout out to Casanova because as you know, uh, Jason said, Michael's the best fantasy Cass is the best data analyst that I know by far. So um, in Cass's studies, he's discovered that around game 40 of a wide receiver's career or of any player's career, rather their, their career target share becomes sticky. So, Essentially, after 40 games played, if those games are played 
consecutively, you can expect that wide receiver's career target share to be his target share for the next 100 games of his career as well. And CeeDee Lamb right now is sitting at a 20.4% target share for his career, which is just not where we want to be. So that is the negativity, and that is where a lot of pushback from both communities, Dynasty and Redraft, comes, is that CD hasn't necessarily earned a supreme alpha level of target share in his first two seasons. I absolutely think that CD Lamb is a product of the system that he was in and a slow rolling of his ability more so than a product of his talent. I do think that he has wide receiver one upside. I don't think wide receiver one overall in 2022, but I certainly think he's got top 10 upside. Um, Something that I, again, something I brought up on multiple episodes is how sticky yards per route run is from year to year. Um, He was top 12 in yards per route run. And that translates really, really well to fantasy points per opportunity, fantasy points per game. So you can can expect Yep. Can I build just on that stat? I think it's important to note that the, all that all that those stats come from the slot too. This is a guy who played over eighty percent of his snaps out of the slot in his first two seasons. So now you're talking about a Mark Cooper vacating. You assume that Ceedee Lamb is going to assume the position of outside wide receiver and move around. Still play out of the slot. Don't get me wrong, but move around Absolutely. way more. Be on the outside, right? You have to assume that that's going to happen. So with that assumption comes okay. So now he's alpha wide receiver. He's in a brand new role. So I think that while I love Cass uh, and and the stats usually back up that it does the stats. There's also like even baseball analytics. I say like there's outliers, on, man. There's outliers, right? And when it comes to what can make an outlier, I think one of the things that can make an outlier is a brand new role. So I think that that's that's how I'm thinking with CD Lamb in terms of yep. and those I have to I have to, yards per catch was that high from the slot. Slot. That's how that's heavy, yeah, bro. I don't know if I you mean, guys are if you guys know that's heavy. That you, that's not what slot receivers do, and he did it. He's he's anyway, he's very much he's very much in in a new opportunity and an increased role. And, and we don't believe in vacated targets here. We kind of believe in a trickle down effect. But when even a trickle down effect would then lead to CD Lamb 120 targets last season becoming 140. That's why 150. Even a trickle down effect of killing is 24 more to be a fucking. So it's not 25. Vacated targets are vacated targets are wrongly assumed when they are attached to a receiver that has never had any role or a um uh, established role or a consistent role. And then you're going a good example would be like Alan Lazard. And then you're going okay, well, 30 percent of the team's targets just left, so he must reach closer to he must regress towards that 30 percent and that's incorrect but cooper and lamb were incredibly similar in target share themselves with a a slight edge to lamb per game in their splits so when that role is removed there's a trickle down effect when and now that lamb has already had on the precipice of 25 percent career target share that trickle down effect really could bump him to that alpha level and i think that's where people are attaching the vacated role of amari cooper falsely to that vacated target perception is lamb doesn't need necessarily amari cooper's 121 targets he needs 25 of them facts big facts that's um, and so I really do, and I just wanted to put out the I wanted to you know let the viewers know that there is some pushback and there is some risk involved to CD Lamb, and you are drafting him as a top ten wide receiver. You best be ready to 
He is yeah. expensive. But if there was a player that you had to bet on for that to pay off, <laughs> I think it's a pretty good bet. I couldn't agree more. How about the rest of these wide receivers? Um, I love Jalen Tolbert, man. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody that's ever listened to me talk, I love Jalen yeah. Tolbert. So yeah, out I mean, of South Alabama, small school, tell us about him. Small school. He, well, he's the most productive wide receiver in the history of the conference because the conference has only been alive for as long as he's been there. Um, it's only a three-year-old program. And he, like Jalen Tolbert is an analytical dream. He just do, just pops everywhere. So I won't run down the list, but it's in the 90th percentile, like across the board. But yeah, because he was earning... 130 of a team's total 220 pass attempts. <laughs> so Jalen Tolbert's also somebody that the Cowboys have a system and it's very similar to the Steelers system and they don't love paying wide receivers. Yeah. They never really have. They didn't want to pay Michael Irvin even all the way dating back then. So they know how to draft and develop very productive wide receivers. I think Jalen Tolbert's ceiling is already where Michael Gallup was at his ceiling. And I think that would improve throughout the year. And you said it, which would, would have already been my punchline to the whole, I think Jalen Tolbert's a good value in redraft and dynasty is that he's going to take the number two role. And I don't care if Michael Gallup's healthy. He's going Ooh. to be productive enough that by the time Gallup comes back, it won't matter because the Cowboys are going to look at it and be like, well, he's costing us way less money for the next five years. And I think he's better. Like that. that's, that's just the way that it's business, man. And Jalen Tolbert is just as good as Michael Gallup is. All right, Jason, let's get into these tight ends. Dalton Schultz. I feel like Dalton Schultz is one of the more slept on players in the entire NFL. Uh, had a had a little bit of a breakout last year uh, and still kind of being disrespected. Um, last year, sixth in targets, third in receptions among tight ends, uh, sixth in receiving yards. Uh he had a, a bunch of touchdowns, eight touchdowns, which was fifth among tight ends, but was still eighth in points per opportunity, excluding tight ends. So I would rather take a chance on Dalton Schultz. Like he's my wide receiver five, like after the big three and you can add Kyle Pitts, even though I'm not huge on Kyle Pitts this year, Dalton Schultz is that next level. I, I'm taking him over all the other guys that uh, the Dallas Goddard's, the Zach Ertz is all the, the, these type of dudes. I prefer Dalton Schultz. He was the only, tight end where I would kind of take a chance in the what I talked about in the last episode the tight end dead zone those um those places where now everyone has a starter like you'll see this a lot in the home leagues because they don't think um in terms of fantasy like they don't think like we do um in terms of fantasy so you'll see okay I have two running backs I have three wide receivers I have a quarterback um time to draft a tight end you know so right. uh, so that that section seven through nine tends to be some tight ends that don't really pan out. But I think Schultz is a great pick in that area. Jason, how are we feeling about Dalton Schultz? Jason, you're on mute, sir. Don't worry, I unmuted you. I got there you. it is. It's the first time that that happened to me. It happens, you know. Uh, I was wondering why you guys weren't listening to me either earlier. Um, I was trying to tell you guys that Michael also loves Jalen Tolbert. And I guess I was like, I guess I'm just being ignored or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that Michael loves Jalen Tolbert too, man. Michael has a lot of under Mike. When Mike and I Jaylen agree Tolbert. on things, they, they're usually good. Yeah. I fully, yes. If you guys agree on something, I'm following it. 
So we have Jalen Tolbert on the outside who we like. CeeDee Lamb we like. This was the top-scoring offense in the league. They need to throw the ball to someone. And Dalton Schultz was money last year. Talk about improvement. This guy went from 63, 615, and 4, which is a pretty solid season for a tight end. It's basically Logan Thomas's year, the year he broke out, to 78, 808, and 8. And this guy has been this guy. (laughs) 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 Both of them. Both of them. (laughs) Two of them. But talk about taking a leap, man. Like, Dalton Schultz was great last year. And I already went on a whole shut the fuck up about Tony Pollard and the slot thing. So I'm, so I'm not worried about Tony Pollard going in the slot and taking work from Dalton Schultz. So, yeah, Dalton Schultz is going to be an active part of that offense. And each of the last two years, Dalton Schultz has had 14 red zone targets. I expect that number to go up. Amari Cooper's not there anymore. Give me a 18 to 25 looks in the red zone this year. Almost 80, like 80... 910 is like a legit possible a possibility for Dalton Schultz. 8,900 yards? Yes, 8,900 yards. So, and he's being drafted behind a lot of guys that Tim noted earlier. Um, So I think Dalton Schultz is a great option. If you you want a tight end you could count on but don't want to pay up for the big guys, give me Dalton Schultz. I think that's one of the reasons why I I like... That's one of the reasons why I like... Dalton Schultz, and one of the reasons why I like um, uh, why is my oh, CD Lamb more? I I think it's because you know Amari Cooper leaves, and one thing that Amari Cooper he had nineteen red zone opportunities, and you know we're not we're not talking about vacated targets or whatever, but you know that's fourteenth in the league. That's that's the number one red zone target on the team. Get way more opportunities than CD Lamb, and now CD Lamb gets to like he's a big guy. He gets to compete for jump balls in the end zone. Dalton Schultz get those gets those end zone opportunities. So I feel like it's I know I, I like Matt said we don't believe in in tar- vacated targets. But I, at the same time, like I'm not talking I'm, I'm talking about the, this the opportunity is going to increase in the red zone because they're going to have to right. throw to someone and these two guys have prowess. So I I believe that Dalton Schultz and CD Lamb are both going to see some 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 upside for sure. All right, let's get into it. It is the bold prediction time. Um Jason, let's start with you today. What is your bold prediction for the for the Cowboys? And Jared. Dalton, Dalton Schultz is a top two tight end. Woo, two. Okay, join in the big. Uh, behind who? That's why I kept it at two. I don't know who one is going to be. Hmm. I'm a little I'm a little weary of Travis Kelsey at cost this year. I think it's Kelsey. I, I, I really do. Uh, George Kittle always has injury concerns, and I'm a little bit uh, weary of Darren Waller with Devontae Adams in town. So I'm so going, Mark- I'm saying Dalton Schultz will be top two. Oh, so Mark Andrews, number one. No, no. Like I'm just listing guys that could finish ahead of him. Mark Andrews too. Like he, I just blanked on him just Mark, now. Uh, like uh, I'm, I'm just going with two. Just leave me alone, Tim. Top two. <laughs> I'm going to say three. It's a bold prediction fun. show. <laughs> All right, Matt, where you at? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'll leave the CD take to you. Um, I think Dak Prescott's a top three quarterback. From your mouth to God's ears, my friend. And, and I mean, if that would obviously mean that CeeDee Lamb's probably the wide receiver one overall. And <laughs> CeeDee Lamb finishes wide receiver one overall is my hot take. Not too spicy, baby, because I could believe it could really happen, man. I'm all over CeeDee Lamb this year. I think this is his breakout year. I was all over him last year, but, you know, it didn't work Listen, out. All our, all our hot takes align. If Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb are both top two options at their position, then 
Dak Prescott's going to be top three at his position. That is very that is very true. So it looks like, uh, like it. it looks like we basically number one scoring offense again. I guess I, I, we, it looks like we basically just predicted the future and just like no need to even just just don't even worry about the season. This is what's going to happen. Um, if you want to know more predictions about the about the future, uh, come see us on Twitter. All right, that's a good place to come see us. Uh, Matt, where could they find you? Find me at Psychward FF. Uh, Jason, where can Everywhere. they find you? There you go. At Jason, Brodo where can FF they find you? Jason. At Brodo FF Jason. Uh, you could find me at Brodo FF Tim as I figure out how to put these things. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm yeah, going to do it. This is bold prediction, man. Yeah, I know. Hold on. It's coming. He's it's coming. It. It's coming. Uh, by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, that's because you don't see YouTube.com right now. YouTube.com slash Brodo Fantasy for YouTube. Again, we're not really a, a video centric podcast. We do. Um, we do like to put these uh, on there, but, you know, we don't really we're not really. But if you want to see us on video, if you like seeing our face and if you think this is a medium that you enjoy, uh, keep pr- clicking the play button and we'll keep providing you with the videos. We promise that. Um, with that being said, uh, at Broto Fantasy, at Broto FF Mike, at Broto FF Casanova, at FFI Broto for the app. And yeah, that's it. That's the end of the NFCs. Jason, man, I miss podcasting with you, bro. Like, there's, there's you bring a, so much fun, you dude. bring a je ne sais quoi to the to the scene, bro. This was what a lot of fun, man. Do? <laughs> For how yeah. much like I've just been studying the last few months to just sit here and joke about no this guy was fantastic. I will tell you this, bro. Um, the podcast uh, that you're that the all the podcasts that you're not on all miss um, anger. And uh, yeah, so you bring the anger, Someone to yell. but it's hilarious anger. Fucking so I'm Tony with it. Pollard. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another thing. Like in all of the heat waves, we've managed not to curse so far. Um, but then Jason came on <laughs> so much for that streak. <laughs> Peace out, guys. See you tomorrow. Later.